Welcome to Tan Chic Podcast. This is the first episode of Tan Chic. We'll be talking about why we're brown and why that makes us angry. This is a podcast for young brown people made by young, young brown, brown people. people. We basically talk about how it is being young and brown in uh, the city of Seattle. So essentially, this is an, uh, an, an outlet for us to discuss our, our feelings and our daily issues and, you know, personal stories that, that we have, that we encounter uh, on the daily. You can follow us on Tumblr at tanchic, T-A-N-C-H-I-C dot Tumblr dot com. We're also on Twitter. My Twitter is uh, twinning, T-U-Y-E-N-I-N-G. And my um, at name on the Twitter is Abstract Poetic. That's capital A B S T R A C T, capital P, number zero, E T I C. I know it's a it's a lot, but it's a it's a you'll it's be happy. Worth it. it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. You'll be happy. When <laughs> There's you a hieroglyphic in there, though. You better watch out. Yeah, or you can just not follow me. Yeah, either way, that's always that's an totally option. Fine. I almost unfollowed you today. Really? No, I didn't. Okay. I just wanted to scare you a little bit. Well, by the way, my I don't name's... want you to take me for granted. <laughs> it's okay. By the way, my name's Trey. My name's Twin. And uh, so, Twin, what are we gonna what are we gonna get into today? Well, first, we should talk about there are other members in our uh, Tan Chic oh, family. Oh yes. Okay, I forget. Jintana and also Derek. Mm-hmm. Our family is always growing, um, but today they could not be with. us. So, what will we be talking about today? We'll be talking about the well, N word. Ah, yes, the the. Uh, the, the dreaded N word. Yeah, the confusing ordeal that is the N word. Yes. I, Why? I, I think you should go first. You think I should go first? Yeah, and then I'll, I'll like I'll finish it off with you know some expert analysis. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, I think um, this is from my yeah. experience and you know my opinions, and I'm in no way a spokesperson for any kind of group of people, but myself and my own experiences. But I just believe that the N-word in history has been used to degrade and dehumanize and objectify people. And if that group of people who have been on the receiving end of it decide to take it and change the meaning of it, I think that is okay. But for other people to do it, the context is definitely, it's, it's different. And uh, people should take that into consideration when using that word because in order for every single person, every single race to use that word equally, there needs to be an equal and level playing field. But we're not dealing with a level playing field. We're dealing with an imbalance of power in the United States. And since we have that imbalance of power, I don't think there'll ever be any type of uh, consideration or equality when it comes to using um, the N-word. I mean, if, if a white person were to use it, come up to a black person and say, you know, use the N-word, obviously the black person's going to think of it as, well, they're using it totally out of context or I don't feel comfortable um, with them using it. Um, I'm not... 100% sold on the idea of, you know, how it's been turned into a term of endearment, considering um, back in the days, I sound like I was living back in the days, but back in, you know, <clears throat> civil rights movement and uh, slave days, those were, it was a term, the N-word was a term to use to degrade um, black people. And I've always found it interesting 
um, now in today's age that it's it's used as this you know endearing term uh, within the black culture and we can accept it I don't know to some it may seem like a like a slap to the white people who you know called them the n-word it's kind of like you know you called us this it's a word that's supposed to you know have a negative context to it and here we are we're going to flip it and we're going to turn it into something that is acceptable and something that we can call each other and not feel you know disrespected me personally being a black male um i've always struggled with with how i feel about the n-word and i'm not going to say i don't use the n-word because i have used the n-word and i do use the n-word and it's and you will continue to use and it I will, because I, you have that I right i probably will continue to use it but it's <clears throat> i don't know i don't want to use i don't want to say that i can say the n-word because i have that right you know because, like you said, the the whole balance of, of power, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not saying we should abolish it. And, you know, on a side note, I'm not the spokesperson for young black males, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but it, it's a constant struggle that I that I have with the inward. And it'll pro- I'll probably continue to have it. I'm coming to terms with it. But it, it's always been an interesting and confusing topic to me, something that I've always had an ample amount of passion for something that I enjoy talking about and listening to other people's perspectives mm-hmm. on it. Um, I think it's a huge dilemma, not just the N-word, but the whole idea of race in the United States. Yeah. It's really complicated. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you talk about this for so much, you just want to say a big fuck you to racism. Seriously. Like, <laughs> I know. Sometimes the only thing you can do, no matter how many classes you've taken, yeah. All you can say when faced with racism is, fuck you. Yeah. You know? It's, it's one of those things, racism, that will continue to exist, and it will always be relevant in everyone's lives, and it's something we can't, you know, shy away from. Um, now, it's not, you know, the 1950s or anything. It is 2013, but still, these issues are, you know, still relevant. And, and important to talk about. And important about. to talk about. And I think now, in today's age... It's more important to talk about it. Now. The problem is that we're not having people talk about it. A lot of people like to like to say no. I mean, it doesn't exist. How can you say that? I mean, look look at where you are now. Look at all the privileges you have. And for sure, we do have privileges <laughs> you know currently. You want to know who's saying that? White people are usually white saying people that. and like uh, people of color in denial. Yeah, that's for sure. But we're not saying that uh, that we're victims. No, absolutely not. You know, we, we're no. saying that there is, a, there is a system out there that favors a certain group of people or, like, a certain people with very impossible characteristics that exactly. not everyone can have. Exactly. And they're giving them incentive for just being born this way. Exactly. And you have to be born. And like Twin mentioned before, we're not saying that, <clears throat> you know, the reason why we can't do this or can't do that is because it's the color of our skin. Yeah. And our ethnicity and our creed. No, absolutely not. We're not like, you know, fuck. Even though fuck the man, but we're not blaming the man on our mm-hmm. on the struggles that we have, you know, in our lives. And we're also extremely privileged. I mean, this I'm yeah. uh, physically fit. I attend the University of Washington. I have, 
you know, access to scholarship money. I have, I'm alive. Yeah. I have health. Yeah. Um, I'm extremely privileged, but there's just this history and this oppression that continues to happen and I continue to face every single day of my life. And it's because of something that I can't change, you know? And I feel like a lot of people of color have that same feelings of like, you know, I'm privileged and I, I go to, you know, a big university and I can do this and I can do that. But they kind of lose sight of, you know, no matter how far you get in life, there's still that one thing that's yeah, holding you back. There's there still that one you'll thing always that you have be, to, that obstacle. Yeah. So just don't forget your culture and For where sure. you came from. For just sure. always. Never reduce someone to just their race, but just see it as something that's affecting them, that has affected them throughout their life, which is why being colorblind is not a solution to racism. It's actually another form of racism. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't recommend it. No. Not at all. Heck no. So, I mean, I guess in short, what we're trying to say is, fuck racism. Yeah. Or just, you know. (laughs) I mean, just don't be a dick. Yeah, just don't be a dick. Just don't be an asshole. Like, that's not that hard. Just be a decent person. Be empathetic and understand people's pains. So, if if for our listeners out there, if you are going to continue to use the N-word, just know where it comes from. Probably like one listener. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, probably one listener. Oh, I, I've talked to a few people. They said they'd be down to listen. Okay, cool. So maybe like two listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that um, racism can be completely abolished? And what are your solutions to abolish it? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Racism will always be a part of, you know... U.S. history. It'll be part of the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll definitely be part of history for sure. But, like, in the future, can you move away from racism and how long do you think it'll take? No. No, I don't. I don't think so. It would be lovely if it were to, to, you know, be abolished. But there will always be, you know, a power struggle. There will always be, you know. Not just like race, but classism. Exactly. Sexism, all that stuff. There will always be, you know, rankings within the, uh, the races. And um, it can't just be me to abolish it, you know. It's got to be. It's going to be, be a collective thing. Everybody's got to. For sure, for sure. Come together. And, we have to organize. Yeah. I, I was actually talking to my advisor about this today, about how um, some people feel like it's their duty, like it's their sole duty to wipe out racism. So when yeah. they're confronted with racism, even if it's on the internet through Twitter, they feel the need to call them out. But my question is, um, do you think that by, by confronting every single person that's racist, do you think that will actually change them? Or do you think they'll just be like, oh, it's just another well, brown person? Well, if you're doing it over social media websites like Twitter, Facebook, or Tumblr, or any of those other shits, then no, absolutely not. That's not, you're, you know, confronting somebody over a computer screen, that's not going to mm-hmm. affect the person who is racist in any way. I think if we're all about, you know, ending racism completely, we need to do it. We need to put ourselves out there and do it in real life, I guess, not virtual life. We need to have a voice, not just on social media websites, but in real life, too. Um, Because um, I'm constantly conflicted whenever I see something racist on Twitter or whenever I see something racist on Tumblr or Facebook or whatever. I, I feel... Like, it's my duty 
to comment on it and tell them why they're being ignorant or tell them why they're being racist. But I have to realize that, one, it's not my responsibility. It's not my one responsibility. And also, two, um, how much am I going to affect the other person? You know, am I going to change them? Am I going to fundamentally change who they are that they've uh, been led to believe their whole life? And, like, one person comments on my Facebook status telling me that I'm racist. And all of a sudden, I'm going to be like, oh, I see the light. (laughs) I see, I know why I'm racist. And I agree with you. And I'm going to change, you know? And so that's why um, I'm reluctant to to do any of those things. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's, It's definitely not that easy. Obviously, because I feel responsible, but I shouldn't. That's the thing; you shouldn't feel responsible. I shouldn't feel it's, responsible. It's one of the, it's one of those things that it's like going through puberty. You know, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that'll happen. Mm-hmm. There will always be ignorant people who are racist and, and, and bigots. It's it's very unfortunate, and I wish now in this day and age, you know, it's 2013. I mean, come on now, it's it's gotten progressively better. But I think there will always be, you know, race will always play a factor mm-hmm. in, in every everything. But it shouldn't, yeah, it shouldn't be the sole factor. Yeah, I think I think it it, sh- it doesn't need to be a factor. It's the fact that people bring it up, and I don't think they bring it up with the intent. Yeah, with the intent for... of you know blowing it out of proportion. Yeah. It's just one of those things, you know, and. We can talk about, you know, race in sports or race in pop culture, race in the media, I guess. It's... People should be seen as individuals. Basically. But again, while race is, shouldn't be, you know, the main thing that is brought up, or um, when, you, when you see a person of color, you shouldn't treat them based on your preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. But you should understand that there's a history and that their race has affected them, but it's not who they are. Exactly. And uh, one thing to comment on from the last thing I said uh, about internet... Internet racism. Internet racism, virtual racism. <laughs> um, in hindsight, I guess what I would say to myself is realize that there are other people who are going through the same thing that you are. And that's also why we created this podcast, to let people know that there are other people in the United States that are struggling with their race identity and struggling with um, talking about race or or the N-word or um, if it is your sole responsibility. But, you know, just understand that there's a community out there and this is our um, this is our hand. Yeah. This is our ear. This is our body part. <laughs> Doing this podcast in a twins minivan, outlooking Lake Washington. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful sight. It is. I mean, I love we, being in Washington. We do see Bellevue. Yeah. Screw Bellevue. Fuck Bellevue. You know, I the, like you said, Seattle's a, a great place. One of the things I've noticed about Seattle is that it is becoming a more gentrified place. <laughs> See how I slide like in segwayed into the next topic? Oh, sly. Sly, sly fox, me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What's your thought? What are your thoughts on um, the subject that is gentrification? Funny story about that. I was walking to the bus stop um, to go to class, and 
I saw these groups of appropriate aged people in these red jackets from City Year, that program. Oh, that, yeah, the gang. Yeah. <laughs> and the first gang, gang of thugs. It's called yeah. City Year. Just <laughs> kidding. We love City Year. My my first thought was. Um, you know, who's this gang or, or whatever? And <laughs> in khaki my, pants and right, red, and a, a red I jacket. Be in, you know? And then my second thought was, uh, is this gentrification? <laughs> because the, I don't know a lot about City Year, but I feel like their sole mission is to come into underprivileged neighborhoods and help out. Is that, am I mis... If you're in the right topic, I'm not... Yeah, I feel really bad because I've been, I've known City Year for five plus years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Almost worked for them too. But I, I don't, I think that that's one of their, like their main missions. They actually have uh, a headquarters. I don't know if it's headquarters. They have a building uh, near where I live, um, which is the central district, which is becoming heavily gentrified. So obviously City Year. Which means the number of yoga shops and coffee shops yeah, are increasing. Just about every corner. And dog shops too. Um, sweaters for dogs, I guess. <laughs> um, it's very unfortunate. I mean, I, I live in the central district of Seattle, which, I mean, five years ago was... Predominantly. Predominantly blacks. And now they're all being moved out uh, to... Places like Federal Way, Washington, or Mm -hmm. Kent, Washington, or Renton, Washington. Mm -hmm. Historically marginalized groups are being pushed out because the rent is increasing. Because white people are moving Exactly. And they go to those places, Federal Way, Renton, Kent, because they can afford those houses. Mm -hmm. And they're all kind of smushed into this neighborhood. And, I mean... And if anybody knows anything about Western Washington, it's that Federal Way isn't one of the the best places to live because it used to be... So now what you have in the Central District is you have, you're having these black families being moved out, which is unfortunate because you, know, you should be trying to help them... Elevate. Yeah, you know, elevate from a prosperous community as opposed to just saying, you know, get out. So in turn, we have these, you know, middle-aged white couples, you know, moving in. And, you know, the, the abundance of obscure coffee shops are, are becoming more apparent mm-hmm. and so is that a bad thing for coffee the people, shops well i love people, coffee shops so that's can not afford a bad thing. to live there um i don't i don't know i just feel like it's really disappointing back to what i said of the whole just like well if you can't afford to live here then get out you mm-hmm. know so essentially you're having these families from the north part of seattle you know Ballard shoreline or whatever and they're you know matriculating downwards mm-hmm. into the central district and then eventually they'll be in the probably the south end oh you can of definitely Seattle see it well. they, uh, the apartments are called the station and the one attraction is the fact that it's right next to othello station yeah predominantly exactly people of color exactly. and um i'm gonna read this this tweet <laughs> that i retweeted um from rich jensen uh it basically, I retweeted two tweets from him. The first one, it says, friends, don't let the CD become the Fremont. So this was like the first tweet I saw this morning, and I instantly like had to retweet it because it's so true and, and relevant. And then the second tweet is, gentrification means dislocation, not prosperity. Why can't government help a community become prosperous without dislocating its residents? So I think it goes back to the whole 
race issue,、mm-hmm. you know? Gentrification is also just like another word for manifest destiny or like the white savior,、mm-hmm. which、uh, means that white people are coming in trying to change a neighborhood because it's usually. You, it's, it's just known for being poor. Yeah. And so they think that by changing the neighborhood,、We、by attracting more white、it. people,、yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll help it. But in reality, it's actually pushing the、yeah. people of color out the black people, the Asian people, the Hispanics, Native Americans.、Exactly. And, and it's not helping it at、yeah. all. It's just marginalizing them to these outskirts cities. Yes. And I, you know, when I say, when people ask me, you know, where I, I stay, and I say, tell in the Central District, yeah, I say it with pride, you know, because. Central District is such a diverse, it's always been known for its diversity and just different cultures.、Um, but now, you know, it's all of the different races Latinos, Blacks, Asians, they're being pushed out、um, simply because they can't afford、um, the housing.、Mm-hmm. And I guess it also ties in with the crime that goes on in, around that area. I mean, it's no secret that there have been. All- An abundant amount of shootings、um, in that area. So obviously, it could be a way for the, for the government to you know, wipe out or at least decrease. Or、um, think that they're decreasing. Yeah, crime rates. But that's another that's, story. That's what this, yeah, that is another story. So, in turn, when, you, when you're moving out. Suburb, <laughs> yeah, when, yeah, when you, snow home issue. Yeah, when you move those people out, when you move the predominantly black families and Latino families and Asian families out into the outskirts of, of the city. You know, and if they are you know, part of gangs or something like that or have been part of crimes, then obviously those cities, are, their crime rates are going to skyrocket. It's going to create race、yeah. conflicts. Yeah, exactly. Territories and, yeah. are going to be and it's, crossed. And, and I, I you know, watch the news every day, and it seems like almost every day there's a shooting in you know, Renton or Kent or Federal Way or you know, any, of, any of those places. So it's like you're almost kind of like. Squishing them into this little circle or like this little square. You know? Yeah.、Area. And it's like you can't, can't get out. Where else are you going to go? Because you, know? you can't afford to go、exactly. anywhere else because the, the chances and the opportunities are limited. Exactly. So it's all about territory、mm-hmm. you know, in this dog eat dog world. Seattle is actually named、uh, one of the top 11th segregated cities、yeah. in the United States. Yeah. And people were surprised because、uh, when you think of Seattle, you think of like progression and. And post race and stuff like that. <laughs> be, that and, it, be that as it may. <laughs> in reality, it's not. It's actually、yeah. extremely segregated. And it's because of the history, because of the restricted covenants that only allowed blacks and Asians to live in certain neighborhoods. And things don't change overnight and they don't change over 50 years. It, it, it kind of, it's just this cycle. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all for the progression of the, of the communities. Especially with the, in the Central District, I'm glad you know, that we're having new business, small businesses you know, being built. But you didn't, in turn, we, we didn't have to move out you know, the people that made the Central District the Central District, if that makes any sense. That makes me think of the, like, one of the few questions that I asked, which was、um, how can we help this? How can we help this obviously racist act? At this point, I think we're doing a lot by giving our perspective.
it's not often you see get a young person's perspective on you know that we're aware of the situation yeah. we know what's going on yeah it's not about you know twitter and facebook and shopping at forever 21 and h&m <laughs> and urban outfitters and thrift shopping <laughs> it's not always about thrift shopping it's not always about thrift shopping macklemore <laughs> fucking macklemore but um you know things like this are real and they exist no continue to exist so this is why we have this podcast. Uh, yeah, I think the number one thing that um, would probably help is just having a voice and organizing and um, just putting ourselves out there for people to yeah. know and realize that we have feelings. We're human. We live here. We're real. We just aren't the richest. Not the prettiest. Or the whitest. Yeah, or the whitest. <laughs> so yeah, in other words, gentrification is real. Thanks for tuning in. We'll have another podcast up. There will be another podcast March 25th. Uh, thanks for listening. Tune in. Follow us on Tumblr. Tonchic.tumblr.com Follow us on Twitter if you want to. If you can remember our names. Uh, so yeah, thanks for tuning in to the first podcast of Tonchic. And hopefully, uh, so this is Trey Grant. This is Twin. <laughs> Signing off. Tonchic. Remember, always in fashion, but never in style. <laughs>